Hello, and welcome back to Stern Chats, a podcast that explores the untold stories of the NYU Stern community. My name is Maya Navan. And my name is Srishti Jamra. In this episode, we're sitting down with Nisim Chandorkar and Aaron Malone to reflect on our January DBI experiences across four different continents. The MBA experience wouldn't be complete without some international travel, and DBI, or doing business and courses, are a popular way for Stern students to get credits while traveling the world and exploring with classmates. DBI courses give students the ability to explore how business is conducted in another country and develop a deeper understanding of the issues, opportunities, and challenges faced by businesses operating there. Through one-week or two-week intensive programs, students have the opportunity to take classes, participate in corporate and cultural visits, and hear from local experts and speakers. And the courses are taught in partnership with local MBA universities at the DBI destination. But they are so much more than that. Speaking from my personal experience, and I think most of my peers would agree, the DBI was an opportunity to form new friendships, strengthen existing ones, and explore a new part of the world in a unique way. Maya, I totally agree with you. Uh, I'm really excited to hear about your experiences in Australia and hopefully share a little bit about Cape Town, but excited to hear from Erin and Nissan today too. So let's get started. Erin and Nissan, thanks so much for being here today. Uh, why don't you start by giving us a little introduction about you, uh, your Stern program, and tell us a little bit about where you went to the DBI. Sure. So my name is Erin Malone, and I am a part-time student in my second year at Stern. And I went on the DBI to Israel, to Tel Aviv. So we were based in Tel Aviv for 10 days, but did some day trips to Jerusalem and around Israel. It was a great experience, and I, I loved it. Hey, everyone. Happy to be here. My name is Nassim Jandorkar. I'm a second-year student in the full-time MBA program, and I did the DBI in Costa Rica. And a few day, day trips that we did there probably covered the whole of Costa Rica because it's a really small country. I'd love to talk more about it. Yeah. So jumping right in, Erin, um, why did you decide to go to Tel Aviv? Um, did you have any previous expectations of, of the program and of the country or um, was it completely different than you had imagined? So I decided to go to Tel Aviv because Israel has always been, I think, you know, one or two on my bucket list of places I wanted to visit. And I thought, what better than to go on a tour, you know, one that's organized through school and, you know, with other people. Um, and I thought that they would, you know, the school would be able to organize an interesting look into the country from a business perspective, but then also see some of those cultural um, cultural things. I, you know, of course, uh, am, am uh, you know, interested in history. So to be able to go and see kind of all these historical sites and, you know, the Bible come to life, it was, it was very interesting. Um, you know, I was a little worried going into it that, you know, maybe I wouldn't feel safe just, you know, given Israel and, and some of the things that, that happened there. I felt completely safe. And um, I mean, I, I would live in Tel Aviv. I love the city that much. Um, Tel Aviv has a very like, you know, kind of like San Diego, Miami Beach, beachy feel, great food, um, really cool, you know, atmosphere. Um, I was so impressed with Tel Aviv. Um, and then, you know, loved learning about entrepreneurialism and the startup culture um, while there and, and seeing some of the history. And what about Unisim? Same question. 
Yeah, um, I was actually motivated by two things. I think the theme of the DBI was about sustainable business, a topic I'm very passionate about, and especially in Costa Rica, which is a developing country, and how they approach sustainable business. Um, and secondly, I've never been to South America. So technically, it is still Central America, but I had a great time to visit there. Um, so the program was structured with a partner school in Costa Rica uh, and was run by one of the Stern alums who now works there and heads the program. And it structured it beautifully. Ours was a shorter DBI. We were on for a week. Uh, so it was quite intense. It was like a 9 a.m. to a 9 p.m. kind of schedule. But they had free spots open for us to do things as well as get out for a bit. So it was fun. Well, that's interesting. Uh, the program that I was on was Australia, and it was two weeks. So I feel like things were more spread out. Um, and we had, a, I feel like, a lot of free time to explore, especially in the afternoons each day. Um, so I'm sure it's a different experience, the sort of one-week intensive versus two weeks. I started to feel like a local. The the woman at the coffee shop across the street from school actually remembered me <laughs> by week two. And I was like, wow, I really feel like a local now. She remembered my order. <laughs> Um, I don't know what your guys' experience was as far as, you know, kind of being able to take time to ex explore a country for a significant period of time. I was able, well, I think I mentioned this, what was so nice um, about the program, you know, I'm a part-time student. So, you know, I work full-time and then go to class. There's not always time for some of the social events um, as being part of an MBA student. So I just loved being able to, you know, be a full-time MBA student for two weeks and meet so many new people and um, something we did one of the, the bridge weekend um, in between the trip, about half of the students, we went to Jordan. So, um, you know, left Tel Aviv, went to the Wadi Rum Desert, you know, Jeep rides through the desert, went on a camel ride at sunrise, um, and then went to Petra in Jordan. So it was like, it was an incredible experience to see that country and also do it, you know, with, with a, a group, which was great. So, you know, that's leaving Israel, but also seeing, you know, we took a bus from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem down to a lot and then cross the border um, by foot into Jordan. Um, and it was it was just very interesting to kind of, you know, see the dichotomy too of like going from Israel to another Middle Eastern country as well. Very cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm curious too, um, I mean, from both of your perspectives, was there something you kind of went in expecting either, Aaron, for you from the Lincoln experience, do you feel like your yours is what you were expecting? And, you know, what may have surprised you like being on the trip in terms of, you know, how many people you were able to meet, especially, you know, given the, the size of the trip as well? For me, I would say it was the, the camaraderie between students, because as I, as a part-time student, I don't, you know, I, I, I get some of that, but not as much as the full-time program. Um, you know, before leaving, there was a Google Doc circulated with everyone for restaurant reservations the whole week. I mean, very, very organized. Everyone wanted to, to get together to, to eat and to go out. Um, since I've gotten back, there's, we're still on the WhatsApp chat. Um, there was a reunion already, there was a birthday party. I mean, everyone is just so, you know, really bonds. I think there were 40 of us. And it really bonds everyone together. So, you know, for me as a part-time student, not getting that all the, you know, all the time, I, I really love that part of it. It was a great, great way to meet people. 
That's amazing. Yeah, I feel like even um, in the full-time program, similar to you, like I was able to to meet so many new full-time students that I hadn't really gotten to get to know before. And same thing, we've got a big WhatsApp group. Everyone was constantly circulating dinner reservations and stuff. So that's awesome to hear. Nizam, I'm curious, like you said, you know, it was your first time in a new uh, part of the world. So did you have any like preconceived thoughts that you had going into it? Or, or how was it different than what you might have been expecting or prepared yourself for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually thought I would be hamstrung in communicating because I did not know Spanish. And Costa Rica and most of Latin America, predominantly, um, everyone knows Spanish. But you would not believe the wonders of technology that were at my disposal. Uh, it was pretty easy to, you know, kind of use sign language and Google Translate to get my you know, thoughts across and people responded. Um, so that was, that was a pleasant surprise to be able to work without that, but also a motivation to learn the language. And also to Aaron's point earlier, we had fewer full-time students since, since it was just a one-week DBI. And the ratio was probably reverse. You know, we had 30-plus Langone part-time students and like five or seven of us who were in the full-time. So I was a little hesitant at the beginning, not knowing everyone, but as is the case in business school, you just need one happy hour to connect with five other people. And we had plenty of that. Maya, was it similar for you in Australia? Yeah, I feel like the the breakdown, there was definitely more um, part-time Langone students than I expected, especially for a two-week trip. So it was really cool to get to know them um, and hear about sort of their experiences and what they do for work. And yeah, it was really nice actually to spend quality time with part-time students because I feel like sometimes in class it's so rushed and it's hard to get to know people outside of the full-time program. Yeah, I think it was a it was a really great group. I also went kind of in with a, a lot of friends that I already knew and it was just, it was really fun to spend two weeks with, with friends and, and be able to have this experience together. Like when else in your life are you going to be able to go on a two-week trip with like 10 of your friends? No, I don't think really any other time in your life. No, I agree with that. And I don't know about you guys, but to be quite honest, you know, we lotteried for the courses way back when and I got the South Africa DBI and for the longest time in my head, it was just like, oh, you're going to be going to South Africa with like 40 other people. This is going to be great. And I'd never really got in knowing what to expect from like the class perspective of it, because this this does count for credits at the end of it. And was really surprised by the structure of my program and everything and like the kinds of activities they'd organize. So would love to hear more about maybe what both of you experienced on your DBIs, whether it was class or experiences, um, but more of what that looked like for you and whether you had a similar thought going into it. Yeah, but we uh, were in partnership with Tel Aviv University. So it was actually a beautiful campus, really nice, really nice museum there on campus. So we went there every day, which made me, I don't think going, I think going in, I thought it would be more you know, like just a, a class and, and it felt like we were studying abroad at the campus, which was interesting. Um, you know, the Israel DBI really focuses on startups and entrepreneurship. And we had a really, in, a few interesting speakers, one, um, you know, entrepreneur, another gentleman who was in the Israeli army. Um, and then we did uh, a few company visits to startup. And then my favorite was to a kibbutz. 
um, which was, you know, about an hour outside Tel Aviv. This kibbutz um, is known for the development of, of kind of an irrigation system that the country uses, as well as they produce olive oil. And, you know, it was just so interesting to see how the people were living in this in this region all together and, you know, just the, the business that goes behind it. Um, I'd always heard about kibbutz, but, you know, to, to be there was really interesting. What about you, Nisim? Yeah, I would echo what Aaron said. It was it was a very well structured program. I would say we had four modules, you know, an introduction to Costa Rica. We kicked it off with that. The focus of sustainable business, and especially through foreign direct investment, that was like the crux of our sessions. Uh, and lastly, how Costa Rica has thrived as a democracy for 150 years, and how they've made social progress with you know balancing the needs of a democratic country i think that was these were the things that we discussed so it was quite a free-ranging discussion touching on a lot of social political and economic factors and it was unlike many of the courses that i've taken before and lastly we also had a farm visit um costa rica is really known for their coffee and we did go to a coffee farm and it was probably the first time where I realized there's so much efforts that go into getting the coffee beans from the farm to my cup. So I would encourage all of you also to visit it anytime you get a chance. But did you have a similar experience, Rishti? Yeah, ours in Cape Town was actually um, similar to what you were saying. We had some themes and like modules too. Um, For Cape Town, I think there were entrepreneurship, sustainable tourism, and then food security. But we had two weeks to cover all of that. And similar to you, we did some like urban farm visits to see how they were, um, you know, making produce in um, the outside townships. And, you know, we had some company visits to see how they have been, you know, promoting sustainable tourism. But I feel like because it was so spread out, it was really easy to kind of swallow and discuss each topic and then also think about it and um, in the context of our projects, too. Um, so I'm actually curious, you said yours was only one week. Did you feel like it was a lot to cover and that it was constantly, you know, you were having to focus on something or did you get that aspect of getting to be free in the evenings as well? Yeah. So I think the program organizers realized how intense it's going to be to cover everything in a week. And we did have free time or downtime parked into every day, but typically days did start at eight in the morning and end late at nine or 10. Uh, And that's also because we stayed really far away from the partner school that we were to attend. So, yeah, we were all picked up at the hotel and we used to run into a bus and reminded me of high school. And then, you know, whittled down Costa Rica towards one hour away at the business school. So, yeah, it was it was a well-organized program. Did you um, did you have a lot of company visits or just the one to the farm? We actually, so we had two visits. One was a coffee farm. And the second thing that Costa Rica is known for is ecotourism. So we had to visit. It was sort of like a waterfall and nature observatory with a bunch of animals and birds sort of brought together in the natural habitat without it being necessarily like a zoo. It was pretty interesting. Tristy, what about you? Did you have any company visits? How were they? <laughs> yeah, they were they were all pretty different and pretty interesting. Um, I feel like we got so we were actually staying along something called like the VNA Waterfront, which is this huge company that's turned like they basically curated um, 
like a public space, but done it so that they can bring in a lot of local artists and local um, chefs and stuff and make it like a huge area for um, tourists and like local uh, residents to come eat and shop and hang out. Um, so we got a very comprehensive tour of basically the place where we were living. Um, so I think that one was my favorite. And I'm curious, what about you, Erin? So you also went to Petra, which you mentioned was a trip organized like outside of school with the other students. I know we had some similar experiences in Cape Town. So curious what everyone here's favorite activity that they did, not with the DBI was. Um, so Petra was definitely the highlight and going to the desert in Jordan. Something else um, I did was go to uh, Bethlehem and Jericho in the West Bank. Very interesting um, to see that. And then I also went to Masada in the Dead Sea. Uh, so, you know, this was after the DBI ended, I was able to take, you know, which is what makes it so great. You're already over there. So I was able to take a couple days and, you know, go see parts of Israel that, you know, we weren't, we didn't see on the trip. Um, so I loved that, that part. Yeah, I think it's pretty common with students and because you're already, you know, over where you are and that in a certain part of the world, like I ended up going to New Zealand for a week after the Australia DBI ended um, I was like, well, I'm already all the way over here. <laughs> and so it was really awesome to have the opportunity to also go to New Zealand and kind of do two for one. Um, and I know a lot of students ended up doing that. Did you travel anywhere um, this summer, Shristi, like before or after? Yeah, I, I actually extended my stay in Costa Rica for another week. Like I mentioned earlier, it's a small country, so you can cover it pretty much uh, whole with just a few days. Um, but I had three favorite activities and they kind of like progressed in their excitement level. So I'm big on the outdoors and I'm quite a nature buff. So I started off by an ATV ride through the city of La Fortuna. So it's three hours, you and the ATV, empty roads, and it's it's super awesome. That was followed the next day by ziplining across 12 different routes in the mountains, again in La Fortuna. And... It is said that Costa Rica has the world's largest, uh, the longest zipline, which stretches across for one mile. So as you start, you're almost like 45 seconds zipping through the trees, and that just drives up your adrenaline. And the last one, which was a whole day activity, was river rafting on the Paquiri River. Pretty sure I'm not pronouncing it right, but I went on for four hours through a lot of rapids and a lot of tumbles outside the river raft. But that was quite a, that was the highlight of the tour, I would say, Maya. That sounds amazing. <laughs> One other highlight, and I'd be curious how you all felt in your countries, but was the food. The Israeli food was absolutely delicious. Um, I don't I don't know if I need to eat hummus for a little bit, but, you know, I got my, my fill. But the, um, the, the hummus, the shawarma, everything was delicious. Um, there's a chef that... Eyal Shani that has um, restaurants here in New York, Miznan, which is in Chelsea Market, but he's Israeli and, and has some restaurants over there that were just amazing. Um, and like I said before, some of the group like had started a Google Doc before for all the restaurants they wanted to go to, too. So it was very organized, but the food was amazing. I feel the I feel the same way you feel about hummus, about avocado toast. It was the best avocado toast I ever had but I don't think I can eat avocado toast for a little while. Um, 
but also nothing would measure up to the avocado toast I had in Australia. <laughs> um, yeah, the food was incredible in Sydney. I feel like Sydney is not necessarily thought of as like a food capital of the world, right? Like people think New York, you know, Paris. And no, Sydney, I mean, I didn't eat one bad meal. I thought the food was incredible. There's not only this sort of like avocado cafe coffee you know toast culture side of it but then there's you know influence from um you know all the, the immigrants that come from different asian pacific countries in the region right and so we had incredible malaysian food and we had incredible sort of like fusion food and um we had incredible thai food um so there's just like so many different options and um yeah i was like sydney should be considered a food destination so yeah i i really enjoyed it yeah, I'll actually echo that for Cape Town too, because I feel like going in, I didn't know what to expect food-wise and figured like we we just kind of have like a mix of things. But honestly, there was such a, a wide variety of foods to choose from, like every cuisine that you could possibly imagine. Like we we had there, I know there's like big Mal Malaysian food influences there, like definitely had like local traditional South African food. There were some really great Turkish restaurants, like really just like spanning the mix. And that was definitely one of my highlights as well, since I do like to eat. I know I, I went downstairs and I got like a daily ice cream. Uh, so uh, that's what kept me happy. But one of the cool things that we actually ended up doing was, have you guys heard of the show Somebody, Somebody Feed Phil? It's like a Netflix show where basically um, this guy food tours around like the world, essentially. And one of the places we ended up going to, it was like a cooking and then eating experience. And the lady who hosted it, she had been on this show um and so i was happy to talk to us a little bit more about like how they prepare the food and stuff but it sounds like none of us did as much adventuring as nissan might have but i don't know aaron maya did you guys do any like more outdoor or sporty things i'll be the first to say i did not so um i think in the desert you know we did the jeep tour through the wadi rum desert and then did a sunrise camel um tour as well but you know there were some walks and some hikes in the desert for sure but other other than that yeah nothing too too outdoorsy i mean that was that was was definitely the highlight though for sure um i would take you know i'd wake up our hotel that they had the class staying on was on the beach so i would wake up and do like beach walks in the morning which was amazing see all the surfers oh that sounds so peaceful and nice <laughs> For me in Sydney, definitely going to the beach was the most outdoorsy thing we did. Um, the beaches are gorgeous in Sydney, you know, famous Bondi Beach and Manly Beach. But then in the New Zealand portion of my trip, I did a lot of outdoorsy things that I normally wouldn't do. Like we did this bike ride that we thought was sort of like a normal bike ride on a trail. And it was basically mountain biking. It was pretty crazy. And I ended up wiping out, but I continued after the wipeout. So it felt like it felt like a good um, achievement. But yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy. And a few people in our group did skydiving and, you know, hand gliding. So there was a lot of adventure to be had um, in Queenstown in New Zealand. <laughs> I feel like okay, so I did not partake, but there was definitely parasailing, surfing, I don't think anyone actually ended up going on this, but there was like, shark cage diving that I feel like people were talking about. Definitely not my adventure sport of choice. But I think a lot of people went like swimming with seals and whatnot. There was it was summer in Cape Town, which was really nice kind of got a tropical vacation for a little bit, but not too much on my end. I was very much into the the walking and exploring and I'll stay out of the water activity. Yeah, that made me wonder all the places we all of us went to had really good weather, right? Because mm. I'm assuming you guys did beaches 
I did a few adventure sports. That was just great weather. Yeah, summer in January is a trip. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it was so strange. Like Sydney had this big summer festival going on and it was just so odd to see the words summer festival and January, you know, in the, in the same ad. I was like, huh? <laughs> so it's really fun actually that um, a lot of these DBIs take place in places where it's, it's sort of warm this time of year, which is, which is a great escape in January <laughs> for sure. I feel like travel can always sound so fun and simple and seamless, but I think all of us know, especially with like canceled flights and this and that, that we always get in winter. That's not always the case. I'm curious. Did you guys have any like travel hiccups or were you lucky? Did you, did your trips go without a hitch? Yeah, my, mine did. I have to say, um, and I did some travel before and after I'm just, everything went off without a hitch. All good for me. That's amazing. Knock on wood. <laughs> Okay, so for me, there was a hiccup. It was right at the beginning of the trip. I was at the airport uh, at JFK. And uh, this is a shout out to the international students. If you're going to Costa Rica, do know that you don't need a visa. It doesn't matter whether you know, it should be the flight officials. So me and my friend who were there, I think they probably had the first time where people from my country were visiting Costa Rica, so they did not know uh, the protocol for that passport. And that set us back by 45 minutes. And thankfully, we had accounted for going to the airport earlier. So here's a shout out to anyone not knowing whether there's is a visa-free travel, go to the airport early. Well, I'm glad you made it. Yeah, that's good advice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really glad they got through. I was going to say, I was in India before Israel, and she, the, the woman, was certain I needed a visa to go to Israel. Um, and I kept saying, no, no, you know, and it, it ended up being okay, but the, the anxiety that it created, for sure. So, yeah, it's good, to, good to, to know everything so you can, you know, be certain. Okay, so the pro tip I'm hearing is make sure everyone at the airport knows that you do or do not need your visa. Pretty much, yeah. Maya, how about you? How was your trip? So everything was smooth up until leaving. Um, and then <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if this really made international news. I guess it wasn't that big a deal, but Auckland had crazy rain and um, flooding. And I think there was even a tsunami warning. <laughs> and it's not funny. It's just incredible that this happened. But the entire international airport flooded um, in Auckland. And so they had to shut down the airport for almost 48 hours, which is pretty unusual for like a major international airport, um, just from some rain, what seemed like just some rain. So needless to say, our flights were or canceled, but we eventually got out like two days later. Um, so that was a bit of a sour end to the trip for sure, is getting stuck when you know, you've already been traveling for three weeks and you're like, I want to leave. And then suddenly all the international flights out of the country are canceled, but we made it and I like to say that I don't want that ending to, you know, mar the memory of the trip because it was it was a great trip overall. What about you? <laughs> did you have any hiccups? I did. I think most of our Cape Town crew know about this, but my literal first day, like first 24 hours in Cape Town, I dropped my phone like I do every day. But this time happened to be the drop that like took out my entire screen. So I had no working phone. <laughs> And it took me a week to procure 
a new working phone. But by that time, I'd accumulated like three or four because friends and people on the trip are wonderful and provided me with some. Nissim actually sent one from New York through a friend who was meeting me in Cape Town. Um, so that that was my trip story. So my advice to anybody traveling internationally is always just just take another phone. You never know. This will this will be the time that your phone either gets water in it or falls or whatever might happen. But that's so stressful. Yes, I'm notorious <laughs> for phone breakages. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. All's well that ends well. No, I feel like I feel like that is the worst. But see, like you you live to tell the tale, you know. And I was gonna say, I feel like we sort of need to turn things around maybe to like wrap things up. Um, definitely going away from the hiccups and the lows and talking about the peaks and the highs and favorite moments. Um, so I'd love to kind of hear everyone's favorite moment of the trip. Erin, um, do you want to kick us off? Sure. I would say one of my favorite moments, and I'm curious if, if on your trips you had this, but the local Stern alumni group hosted um, a dinner for us one of the nights. So it was really, you know, interesting. First of all, it was an amazing dinner as all the food was great, but um, it was great to meet some of the local alumni who were there and, you know, had gone to Stern, lived in the country, were doing, you know, working at a lot of startups, a VC firms. Um, and, you know, they were very excited to meet a group of students. So um, I think that was probably one of the highlights, just, you know, connecting with, with the local alumni group and being hosted for dinner was was really nice. And Professor Anat Lechner, who's Israeli, was was there as well. And she joined us, which was really interesting. Um, professor uh, Yaakov Amahud and Menachem Brenner were also there. There's quite a few Israeli professors that, that joined us. So it was, it was cool to sort of see everyone converging in Tel Aviv from New York. That's awesome. And Sam, what about you? Quite similar to Erin, um, we actually did a farewell dinner on our last day. It was a restaurant started by an alumni of the partner business school we were at. So they're called Inkai Business School. And it was kind of like a dinner where they sourced local ingredients and every dish had a story. So it was something that went on for three hours, seven o'clock in the evening to 10 o'clock at night, where the chef and the founder came around and, you know, kind of greeted us, told us about the story behind the restaurant. Um, it was called Silvestre, and they made Peruvian food, sourcing local ingredients. So that was, that was quite a nice way to kind of cap off the trip with, with a celebratory, unofficial happy hour that followed, obviously, as all things turn. That was, that was a great moment. What about you, Shrishti? I think ours was actually, um, so we would, we did like a, a vineyard tour that I feel like several programs actually did one day. Um, but in the middle of ours, our program organizer actually um, sat us down for like a little music lesson with a couple of local people who teach, they do basically workshops um, on like the local drum or a local instrument. And so we were all just sitting on a hill in this beautiful vineyard. We were hearing them play, which was fantastic. And then... Um, the funny part was hearing us trying to play it back to them on the drums that they had given us. But it was really cool and very fun because they explained, you know, their business model, like why music is such a big, important part of the the culture for them um, and how they've been able to make, you know, a business out of it by sharing it with tourists and stuff. And so it was part of the, the sustainable tourism aspect of our trip, but had a lot of fun doing that. And then we, we drank a lot of wine and had dinner after, which is always fun. But I would say that was definitely a highlight since the, the sunsets on the vineyard are unparalleled. Maya, what about you? There's so many. I feel like from the program itself, 
Um, we we also did a tour um, of the one of the wine regions in Australia, and we did a sort of a whole day there. And it was such a great day. Like the weather was gorgeous, and we saw a bunch of different vineyards and heard heard about their different business models. Um, and also, we had this incredible lunch at one of the vineyards. It was like all farm to table and amazing. But then the best part of the day was we played all these wine games. <laughs> and it was just so silly. Like we were stomping grapes in competition and we did wine spitting um, competition. And it was just, it was very funny and, and just silly. And honestly, like just a perfect day. And I couldn't believe I was getting class credit for that day. <laughs> but, and then outside the program, I would say just going to Bondi beach, like it's so iconic. And I thought it would be overrated. And it was totally not overrated. It was one of the most beautiful beaches I'd ever seen. Um, and it was just so cool. And the, the vibes were amazing. Um, everyone was just so happy and it was so beautiful. So that was definitely a highlight. Amazing. I have one quick last question before we wrap up, if that's okay. Um, so there were a ton of DBIs to choose from, but there still are some spring ones. So curious, if you had to pick any other DBI besides yours that you went on, which one would you pick? Erin, we can start with you. So um, I'm already signed up for another one, actually. I'm going to Milan uh, for the DBI, the luxury marketing um, retail in May. So there were two, B, two DBIs that I thought were so interesting, and I, I feel very fortunate that I've lotteried and gotten into both of them. So this is only four days. It's it's by no means you know as long as the two-week Israel excursion. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. That's super exciting. I'm glad you'll get to be doing them both. All right, Nesam, how about you? Well, I'm going to reflect on this as a lost opportunity because I haven't signed up for a spring DBI. Um, but if it were up to me, I would have done DBI Morocco, uh, which I hear is, you know, heavily lotteried for. And I'm so happy for the people who got it. Um, just so I could visit another continent. Um, and that would be great. Amazing, Maya. Yeah, probably Cape Town, honestly. I feel like that was the other one that just was on my radar. Um, I've never been to South Africa and I would love to go. And it, it seemed like there was a real sense of camaraderie on that trip um, from what I saw and heard. So yeah, I think that would be it. And then maybe this is cheating, but there's a sort of other global program that I am doing in May, which is the Khan Film Festival trip. So it's not through DBI, um, but like a small plug for it. It's through the entertainment and media sort of specialization. Um, and it's basically um, an opportunity to go to the Cannes Film Festival in France, in the south of France, which is so cool. And one of the reasons I came to Stern in the first place. So um, yeah, a little plug for that program um, if you want to travel as well. <laughs> Amazing. Wow, lots of um, upcoming travel with Stern coming up. Just goes to show there's a lot of opportunities. I'm trying to think of what my own would be because I, I genuinely did love Cape Town, but I think I would have to echo Nissim on the Morocco one. I feel like that would be a really cool destination and and very different type of culture to see. So I think I would do that. It sounds like we all have lots of travel that we need to do in the future, whether it's through the DBI or not. We're like ready to explore the world. <laughs> well, this has been so great. I, I've really enjoyed hearing about everyone's experiences um, and so appreciate sort of hearing the different perspectives and, and the different experiences on each program. I feel like there's a lot of similarities, but differences in, in how we all experienced it. 
Yeah, Nissim and Erin, thanks so much for coming and taking the time to chat with us about, about your trips this winter. Of course, yeah, can't speak highly enough. Yeah, thank you for having us over. Love to do it again. Thank you.